Hey there, I'm Julie, and this is the Married to Addiction podcast. If you're here, then you're probably what I call my secret sister. We're in a situation we never asked to be in and fighting a battle we never wanted to fight. We're women who are married to an alcoholic, and it affects every inch of our lives. If that sounds like you, then I want you to know that this is a safe place for you to land. Married to Addiction is a faith-based podcast where I'll help you find the tools and strength you need to navigate your husband's addiction without losing yourself in the process. So please subscribe and tune in as often as you're able. Because your husband's recovery is important, but so is yours. Before we get started today, I wanted to make sure that you knew about my free on-demand workshop that's available right now that's called Five Steps to Breakthrough for the Wife of an Alcoholic. This workshop came about because I remember when my husband was deep in the throes of addiction and I would hear things like, I needed to accept the things I can't change and set boundaries and detach with love and all of those concepts. And I remember thinking, there's no way that I can do those things in the midst of this craziness that I'm dealing with right now. And that's not the kind of help I'm looking for. But what I learned after that is that there was actually more to those things than I realized. And there was actually a couple extra steps that came before them that no one was talking about, but that once I learned to do those things, it changed everything and it made those things seem much easier to do. And I realized how beneficial they actually were. So in this free workshop, I'm going to share those steps with you. They are steps that bring relief, peace, and healing. This workshop's available for you on demand, so you can listen to it whenever you'd like. You don't have to sign up for a specific time, and I would absolutely love for you to go grab that if you haven't already. It's on my website, MarriedToAddiction.com, and you just want to look for the tab that says Free Workshop. I hope to see you there. Hello, it's Julie, and welcome to Episode 6 of the Married to Addiction podcast. Today we're talking about something that I know is really a tough one sometimes. And believe me, I've gone back and forth on this topic for a while now, but it was made really clear to me earlier today that I need to discuss it. Today's episode is called Compassion, How to Love the Unlovable. And what I really want to do today, more than anything, is just plant a seed. You may or may not be ready to hear this. You may or may not be ready to... Um, move in this direction, but I really just want to talk about what having compassion for our alcoholic husband looks like, why it's so important, and how it can affect things. So I really, truly, deeply understand how hard this is if your husband is currently in the throes of addiction. I remember when my husband was, and I am not proud of this, but I said on more than one occasion under my breath that I hated him. I would walk away from him when he was completely drunk and usually after we had had a fight or, you know, he had just done something that made me angry. And I just remember saying under my breath, I hate you. Like so, just so, I, I meant it. Like I really, really meant it in that moment. And I hate that. And it really upsets me that I was in that place but also that he was in that place. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? And I understand that it is way easier to talk about having compassion for somebody when they're not in that place anymore. But it is so important that we try, even just try, to muster at least a little bit of compassion 
in this situation. So I wanted to kind of start by reading to you um, what I read in my devotions this morning. This is from a book called Take My Heart, O God, and it's a devotional that I read every single morning. And I just really thought that this totally hit the nail on the head where this topic is concerned. It says, it's like love has a mind of its own. When we think about the fact that God is love, then maybe it does. God knows where people are hurting. He knows who needs love. Jesus saw the woman with uncontrollable bleeding, the untouchable leper, the lonely little man in a tree, and he showed love. He saw the young woman tormented by demons, the blind man who begged for attention, the promiscuous woman who sought true love, and he showed love. When we let God's creative love guide us, he sends us to unexpected people and places. When we love as Jesus loved, he sends us to those who are in extra need of a loving touch. When you need love, God is there. When others need love, he commissions you to cut new channels and take love where it is most needed. If that's not powerful, I don't know what is. So I really just want you to think about the fact that our husbands are suffering too. I know how much you're suffering. I truly, truly do. I was there for a long time and I remember it like it was yesterday. But your husband's suffering a lot as well. My husband actually tried to take his life on more than one occasion because he was so torn up about his drinking and how it was affecting us and how it was affecting our kids and the family and just his life in general. Like he was absolutely tormented. One of the things that I really like to recommend is think about your husband as a little boy. Think about him as a little boy. And maybe you know, you know, the things that he's gone through. I know that my husband struggled with several different things when he was a child. And, you know, of course, that affects us to this day, things that happened during our formative years. But when he was a little boy, if you could have shown him his future, do you think he would want it to look like it does right now? Do you think he would want to see himself how he is right now? Do you think he'd be proud of that? Do you think he's proud of it now? He's not. And I know that sometimes it seems like they're cold and hardened to the fact that they drink too much. And, you know, that's that's typical for them to be defensive. And some of that is because they know. They know. And it's hard for them. And they're suffering too. In addition, alcohol is a disease that causes changes in their brains. So, you know, what, what seems like something that's so obvious to us, it seems like they should have remorse a lot more than they do sometimes. To them, it's not that cut and dried. Like they're living in this body and in this mind that's been drastically affected by alcoholism. So it really does change everything about their outlook sometimes. I know that this is hard. Like I said, I just want to plant a seed. When you're in this situation, I know that the last thing that it feels like you want to do sometimes is have compassion. One thing that I do want to to kind of um, soften this with a little bit is, or temper this with a little bit, I guess is the right word, is I don't want compassion to make you uh, codependent. I don't want compassion to um, spur on acceptance of behavior or helping behaviors uh, that should not be helped or accepting things that should not be accepted. This is really important, so please don't miss this part of it. Compassion is separate from enabling. 
compassion is having, you know, loving someone as Jesus loves them, but he also told people about themselves, you know, when they needed to hear it. And that's not how we need to approach things, obviously, but that having boundaries and, you know, still making sure that you're not doing things that are enabling uh, the alcoholism and enabling him to stay where he is at the same time is important as well. So we're not having compassion to where we're continuing to come to his rescue. We're not having compassion where we're continuing to do things that are making him making it easier for him to stay in his addiction and all of those codependent behaviors that we should be moving away from. But we are still having compassion around what he's going through too. So that's the line we have to figure out how to walk, right? How do we have compassion for his situation without potentially making it worse by allowing that to seep over into enabling? So you can have healthy boundaries. You can um, make sure that you are keeping your healthy boundaries in place and acting on them. But you can also still have compassion for what somebody is going through at the same time. So again, just wanted to plant that seed. I think it's a really important thing to remember. This really needs to be an area of prayer. Absolutely it does. Because you know who knows exactly how to walk that line between compassion and not falling into codependence is the Lord. He knows. He 100% knows how you can help without hurting. And so I really want you to make this a very earnest area of prayer. And in the meantime, just try to find even a glimmer of compassion. And I really do think that it will completely change the way that you view the situation. I appreciate you listening as always, and I will see you next time. Hey, I just wanted to take a quick second to thank you so much for being here and for listening to the Married to Addiction podcast. I really hope that it's blessing you. If you are enjoying the podcast, can I ask you a quick favor? Would you go and leave either a rating, a review, or maybe even both on your favorite podcast platform so that other people can find the podcast? When a podcast is new, a lot of times the ratings and reviews is what helps push it out to more people. And I would love to get this out to as many of us secret sisters as possible. And you could definitely help me with that by going and leaving a rating or review. Thank you so much for your help with this. And thanks again for listening.